She said, give a little speech and then they'll have questions. So I did that. And so I asked for questions. There was a little boy in the back and I said, who has questions? And he's got his arm up. Ooh, 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 ooh. So I called in on him and he said, dude, you're awesome. And I, <laughs> it was such a cool thing. And, and they, they started calling me Mr. Crazy Pence and yeah. I had to sign <laughs> autographs. Great. Well, thanks so much for coming on today, Dave. I really appreciate you taking the time. I'm looking forward. I think it's going to be a great conversation for the people who have not had the pleasure of meeting you. Tell me a little bit about yourself and, and your center. Thanks. First, thanks for uh, having me. I've been around for a long time. This is actually my 50th year in the bowling business. Wow. Yeah. Done That's... a little bit of everything. We have two centers right now. We have Crazy Pins, which is our flagship FEC. It's a uh, 50,000 square foot. And we're actually in the process right now of adding 30,000 square foot. Oh, wow. We'll be done uh, sometime in August this year. And then we had a 40 lane traditional center that in 2017, we took out 16 lanes and converted it to a FEC. So okay. it's now 24 lanes, get large game room, full service restaurant and stuff. And is that like a crazy pins too, or it's its own yeah. separate? Room? Yeah, it's its own separate. It's called Georgetown okay. Entertainment Center, but it's been around forever and was known as a big league house. Now it's yeah. pretty much a family entertainment center. Okay. So. Yeah. So it sounds like a lot of people are, have been making this transition. Maybe even you guys were a little early on. Tell me about some of the move from that league house to more of an FEC model. Yeah, I'm, I've been a big component of that early on. I just could see that trend happening. As a matter of fact, when I did it at Georgetown, I went to our staff and they were pretty upset with me because it was such a strong league center. And, and right. I, I said to them, I said, okay, let's take the next week. And I want you to look at all of our league bowlers. And then I want you to come back to me and tell me how many of those league bowlers are going to be here in three years or five years. And right. it was pretty interesting. They came back to me and they all said, they're not going to be here. They're, right. they're all at that age that those bowlers aren't going to be here. And we weren't getting any young bowlers. So mm -hmm. it could change their opinion about what we should do and be, and change that over to a family entertainment center. Yeah, And it's worked out really well for us in that particular center. We had a, a center open that had been closed for about six years and went bankrupt and, and closed down. And someone bought it and reopened it just this mm -hmm. last year. And they opened just as a traditional center, which is one of the first that I know of in the country in the, in the last mm -hmm. 10 years. Right. They, they opened just as a league center and they stole a lot of our leagues. And, we, and so we went down oh, to very okay. few leagues in that center. Yeah. And I was really concerned, I thought, okay, we'll be down 10% maybe this year because we lost a lot of our league bowlers. Yeah. Uh, we, we had a league every night, Monday through Friday, nothing on the weekends, but Monday through Friday. And we lost a lot of those leagues, but unbelievably we're up like 20% with, oh, with wow. only just a couple leagues in that particular venue. So it's definitely showing that family entertainment centers and open play and that venue is, is going strong. Yeah. Man, it's just a, a bigger market. There's a lot more people who are families than league bowlers. Yeah. You know, it's just a, a game of numbers. I think the last time I checked, I think it's 67 or so million people in the U.S. bowl every year and only about 1.2 are the league bowlers. So yeah. it's, just, it's just a game of numbers. Yeah, it's funny. And I've been around the Fort Wayne area most of my life and, and I get that, um, tag that I'm a non-league bowler. I'm not, uh, I don't like league bowling and that's yeah. not true at all. I've been a league bowler yeah. my whole life and I love mm -hmm. league bowling and I wish 
that we still had that growing, but it just mm-hmm. isn't. It's sad and right. it just isn't growing. So yeah, you have to change with the times. Yeah. And not just the, there are some leagues that are growing, but they're the more non-sanctioned social kind of food and beverage components. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I do see those growing pretty well. Yeah. It's just not your 30 week sanctioned prize money. It's more yeah. something just for fun. Yeah. And I'm even finding that a lot of those are, are not even organized. The crazy mm-hmm. pins, we have a couple of groups, uh, like I've got a group of about 12 guys who play golf in the summer and then they just get together every Wednesday night and yeah. bowl during the winter time. And it's oh, not organized by any means, but right. they have a great time. They show up every Wednesday night, bowl and drink and have yeah. a great time. Yeah. That, that's a perfect example. The only ones I've seen that make the, that are growing the more traditional league side are the guys who have a bigger league following in the area and then a couple boleros or centers like you guys come in and then they drive them all to that one spot because that's the only place they have left other than that it's it's hard to say tell me a little bit about how you got into the industry coming on 50 years that's incredible walking through not the full story but (laughs) maybe yeah yeah i'll give you the, the quick version it certainly was not ever my intent Mm-hmm. Back in the late 50s, my father owned a bowling alley in Peru, okay. and then we moved to Fort Wayne in the 60s, and he went to work for then Fort Wayne Bowling Supply that later became Classic Products. Okay. And so we were involved in the bowling business, but not as a proprietor. And he worked there for a long time, and then I started there as a very young man, part-time, 15 years old, and full-time at 18 years old. Wow. 1980, we left and started our own company, then called Mark Four Sales. We were a bowling distributor and we had a retail pro shop and we did that for a long time. And in 1987, my father passed away and I I still had the company up until 2000. Mm -hmm. I had a gentleman approach me about buying my company. I had no intentions of selling. I had a good friend that lived in California, but he was looking for an investment in Fort Wayne. He was doing real well and he was looking to, to start a business in Fort Wayne. I had another friend who was a proprietor in Fort Wayne looking to buy a couple of bowling alleys, but he just couldn't come up with all the money. So I put the two of them together. They bought a couple of bowling alleys here in Fort Wayne. And, and at that time I had a gentleman trying to buy my company. And my wife said, this guy tried to buy my company. And, and my wife said, God's not just opening doors. He's shoving them, shoving you through them. And he kept offering me more money. And it wasn't enough to retire, but it was enough to be, to take a little break and, and uh, kind of force me to sell the company. And I thought, well, what am I going to do? My buddy in California who invested the money said, why don't you join us and, and get involved in these bowling centers? Yeah. So that's how I became a proprietor. Okay. And, and we bought two bowling centers with the intent of building the third, which later became Crazy Pins. So that's how I became a bowling proprietor. And that was in 2001. So okay. I've been a bowling proprietor ever since then. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. So yeah, coming up on 21 yeah. years. Yeah. As a that's proprietor, awesome. sure. Yeah. And so now do you still work with the other two gentlemen for some of these other centers or? The one gentleman left us in 2016, we parted ways. Unfortunately, he since has passed away, but the original investor in California is my, matter of fact, he was my best man at my wedding and Mm. we were great friends. We've been great friends since we were 13 years old. And so we're still partners and uh, yeah, it's a really great relationship because Mm. it gives us a reason to keep in contact and we talk every week and we see each mm-hmm. other a few times a year so yeah, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. so it's him and i and then my son my oldest son has a little bit of stock in the company too okay yeah and you're saying he does a little more of the day-to-day at this point yeah he's the vice president of operations and does the daily overseeing of the mm-hmm. company so 
Yeah. I, I talked to a lot of those guys, third gen proprietor coming in that, you know, family's been in the business for a long time. It seems like it's pretty prevalent in the industry. My, my business partner and good friend is also third gen, same thing, running a center. And it's just, when you grow up in it from eight years old or whatever, you just see people that don't want to leave. Yeah, it's a, it's, that's an interesting part about the business. I think that it gets under in your blood and mm -hmm. people love to stay in the business. It's a fun right. business. It's a great group of people. Yeah. At the end of the day, you're selling fun or you're providing yeah. fun. It's tough to be. I, I talked to some of the proprietors who are having issues with staffing and maybe we'll get into that a little later. It's just a matter of, cause they're trying to compete on price with some of these warehouses and, and other places like that, where I tell them, you know, these guys are giving fun. Would you rather give fun or pack boxes for a living? It's, it's a pretty clear choice. Yeah. My, my, one of my favorite stories is when we first started crazy pens, I had a, a teacher contact me, lo local teacher. And she said, they just done a study about Indiana businesses and they were done, but because of crazy pens being such an exciting thing to the community, she wanted to know if I could come and talk to her third grade class. Mm. So I went up and there were 19 students and she said, give a little speech and then they'll have questions. So I did that. And. So I asked for questions and there was a little boy in the back and I said, who has questions? And he's got his arm up. Ooh, 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 ooh. Mm -hmm. So I called in on him and he said, dude, you're awesome. <laughs> and I, it was such a cool thing. And, and they, they started calling me Mr. Crazy Pence. And yeah. I had to sign <laughs> autographs for these little third years. They right. thought the facility was so mm -hmm. much fun and so yeah. cool. And, and that's the fun part of this business. Right. When you see the little kids walk in your place and their eyes light up. Right. Or you see them crying on the way out because they don't want to leave. Yeah. They're having such a great time. And yeah. that's the fun part of the business. That's really cool. I yeah. love that. Yeah. That's what it's all about. Yeah. So tell me, we talked about how you got into it about today. What, what's going on with this expansion that you, you're doing? That sounds pretty significant. Yeah. So especially I would say the last, so oh, seven or eight years since I, I really was doing the marketing for the company until we, we parted ways with the other partner and now I'm doing the operations of it. And since I took over, we try to do something every year, something new or some kind of a change. So that's part of what's happening right now. We've done so well the last few years coming out of COVID that mm -hmm. we decided to do an expansion. So we're adding go-karts, electric go-karts, mm -hmm. and we had nine holes of glow-in-the-dark miniature golf, and it's done so well over the last 15 years. We're taking that out, and we're putting 18 holes of white-lit golf, miniature golf in, yeah. and then we're adding a bunch of more arcade games. So it'll okay. be a, a real good growth point for us. So it'll, add, it'll yeah. give us two more major attractions. Two um, new ones with the carts, more video, more games or just the... Yeah, we're adding about 30 more video games to arcade yeah. games, as well as the 18 holes of miniature golf. To this point, our miniature golf has almost been more like a waiting room. People go play because they're waiting to get a bowl and go play laser tag, where I think with... 18 holes of white lit miniature golf. It'll become a, a major attraction. That makes People sense. People come just to play miniature golf. Yeah. So, so you guys must have uh, a little bit of space then if you're able to expand that far. Yeah, we started it out with nine acres and we're mm -hmm. using, probably now we'll be using about seven acres with the building and the okay. parking lot. Oh, so parking's included in that? Yeah. Okay. So you still got a little space to go. A little, little bit yet. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. No, that's really cool. So then you guys have seen obviously some of the big growth. A lot of the other FECs have seen. Yeah. Especially when we were actually planning this expansion pre-COVID. And fortunately for us, we were literally within a week of signing the agreement with the banking and COVID hit and we mm. did, so we didn't do it. Yeah. And in our area, 
we were closed for a few months and then we were open, but we had 25% occupancy, then 50%. Yeah. And when they finally opened us up 100%, it's just been crazy. We literally yeah. have set records every week since then. So God has truly blessed us. So we decided mm -hmm. to go ahead and do the, and I, it just, it's just been wonderful since, since we opened back up. So That's hopefully awesome. that'll continue. Are you doing anything else to bring people in or just riding the wave at this point? Just riding the wave. We're doing most of our advertising. We've turned to social media. We hired a firm here in town that does a great job for us. And, mm. and they do a lot with influencers and they they do a lot with Instagram and Facebook and all those things. And, and oh, awesome. it seems to be working great. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's where people are today. I yeah. saw a study. It was a couple of different brackets of how much time people spend on their phones. And the one hour or to two hours is a very small portion, gets a little bigger at three. And then the four to six is by far the biggest one. And then there's even some that are six plus. So that's yeah. where people are four, four to seven hours a day on their phone. Yeah. When you talk about bringing in the, the younger generation, like bringing in my son, that was one of the things that, that I had to realize that I've outgrown what was popular when he first came to me and said, I want to hire this firm and this is what we're going to do in social mm -hmm. media. We're going to spend all this money. I said, I don't get on and look at those things. He right. goes, Dad, you're not our audience. You have to learn to listen to the younger people. And yeah. when I did that and let him go run with it, it's been really successful. Yeah. And now it's even further than that because I'm uh, 30 years old and I don't use TikTok or anything like that at all. And in my I'm head, I'm thinking, who's on that? But that's where the kids are these days. You just got to keep it going. Yeah. yeah. It's always what's the newest next thing. Exactly. Yeah. So then the next one I want to go to is the the future. We're talking about some expansion and obviously you have, see, have some you know optimism for the future. Where do you see things going in the next three to five years or so in the industry? I, I don't know whether, I don't think virtual reality is going to be a big thing in our industry. I think it's going to be part of our industry, yeah. but I don't think it's going to be as big as what they thought originally. But I do think that you always have to be changing and looking for the new, next new attraction. Mm -hmm. You have to keep it fresh. Attractions will get old to the younger kids. I, they're right. smart. It's yeah. amazing yeah. to me when we put in a new arcade game, how fast they find out about it right. but things get get old quick to them so i think you constantly have to make yourself new i don't know i don't know other than just making those constant changes and and always refreshing what's going to happen yeah so then as far as the virtual reality you think that's going to be more of an in-home thing or just you don't think it's going to take off no it's i don't know that it's anymore because it's in home we have virtual reality attractions i just don't think it's going to be 10 years ago, when they first started, when you go to IAP and you first mm -hmm. see virtual reality, it looked like that was going to be the next great right. big wave. Been hyping and, up. and I think that the kids like it, but I don't think it's um, going to take over. I don't yeah. think it's, yeah. And we looked at that. My business partner had that in his center at one point, but it's just not something people want to do out there in front of their friends. Like they can't eat, they can't do a lot of things. It's more, I think it'll be more of an yeah. in home thing or the only time I've seen it work outside of the home is like they have these dedicated warehouses where you can run around and, and do it. That's the only thing you're doing. Yeah. I think in our business, they still like attractions. They can have interaction with each other right. and is, is more important than even that. Yeah. I think that social component is huge. Yeah. So speaking of that, what about for as far as, so do you guys have a food and beverage offering? Is that a big component or? Food and beverage is about 25% of our business and, and okay. we struggle with that. We're not food people. So it's been a learning experience the whole time. We've changed what we do several times. 
Now we're looking at some other models of other businesses. Like we have a pretty popular children's zoo here in our hand. We're going to go with more uh, grab and go type food in this next few months and see okay. how that works for us. But our problem is being able to serve enough food quickly because we get rushed with so many people during yeah. those peak hours and mm. to get enough food out of our kitchen. And we have a nice size kitchen, mm -hmm. but to get enough food out on the Saturday afternoon, but still have a kitchen that we can do nice quality food for banquets and right. corporate eatings and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That, that would be tough, especially almost seven acres, just distributing the food would probably be difficult if you have yeah. one centralized point of pickup. Yeah. So we're going to try a few things on how people can grab more grab and go food on yeah. the Saturday afternoons, but still being able to offer the banquet menus. For right. Corporate yeah. That would be tough because the demand is there. People, people want to eat while they're out there, especially families. It's convenient. Yeah. And so it sounds like you guys do a lot of corporate events then as well. Are you we, seeing we, we do. And of course we lost all that during COVID, but it's coming back. It's not back to where it was, but That's it's, it's gradually getting back to that. Definitely. Yeah. Just in the last couple months, I've been hearing that they're starting to get the inquiries coming out. Yeah. I would say the holiday, the Christmas business this last year was probably 60% of what it had been. So mm -hmm. it's, it's on its way back. Yeah. And you, you see it getting back to the levels it was pre-COVID by the end of the year? Yeah, I, I think so. I, with all of the businesses, uh, I, I got a kick out of Tesla saying I want, we want our employees back in the yeah. office. I, I mm -hmm. think that people realize the need for that sociability. Yeah, I do think it'll come back and we'll get the Christmas parties yeah. back the way they were. Yeah, no, I think you're right. So let's move on to the next one is your biggest challenge today. What's the biggest challenge for you guys at this point? <laughs> like everyone, I think it's the help situation. It's always a challenge finding enough, enough help. What we've done is we hired probably a lot more younger people than what we were. Mm -hmm. and then trying to train them and bring them along faster. And we're having some success with it. We're finding that young kids and then trying to train them to become uh, more proficient and, mm -hmm. and have more management skills. We're having some mm -hmm. success with that. Yeah. And we're finding kids that are going, this is a pretty cool career. I'd like to look and make and get serious about this and making a career. Out oh, wow. Of it, so, yeah. So what, what does that training look like for you guys? You have a LMS or is it just everybody get together in a conference room or what kind of stuff? We, we have designated trainers that work with the kids and they go through several different spots of training. And then when they get through that training, if we find kids, we, every so often we offer a, a matter of fact, we started last night, we offer an opportunity where they get to move up in the company mm. and it's not a lot, it's a small raise. They get a different color shirt. They get a little mm -hmm. different sticker on their thing. Yeah. But then it gives them some other responsibilities. And it's amazing how that's a big deal to the kids. Mm -hmm. It's not really the money. It's it's yeah. the responsibilities that they get to come along. But we have three, three or four different classes where they can keep moving up. And it's surprisingly, we're finding a lot of kids that said that like our business because they say, I can become a manager at a younger right. age than I can some of these other companies. Yeah. Our two general managers, we have three general managers here at Crazy Pins, one only at our Georgetown location. But here, two of the three are very young people who started out just as a part-time job oh, and ended cool. up deciding to keep this as a career. They're actually engaged and they're getting married in August. And oh, that's and awesome. General managers here. So they not only made a career out of it, they finding each other and making right. a, Maybe a family. That's awesome. So then almost like gamifying the progress and saying, here's a very clear path of how you can 
how you, you know, get become better. a manager. And, and yeah, you know. I, I think that's really motivating. When I talked to Bart over at the BPAA, his his quote is, "If you lead with the mercenaries, they're going to leave you for money." So, like you said, having a clear path of how they can progress and get better, and then a, a greater purpose than just a paycheck. So that creating fun, seeing the kids crying as they leave because they want to stay kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. We're really finding that a lot of these kids recognition is so important to them. So we're trying right. to recognize the good things that they do and point it out and, and mm -hmm. make a big deal out of it. Yeah. We do a lot of things like, uh, you know, maybe once a week we'll buy them dinner and we have a thing now where on their name lanyard, they get a, a sticker or a pin for each thing that they've been trained in and qualified. Yeah. And that's a, that's a big thing for them. They love getting the actual, yeah, like almost like the boy scouts or something. Yeah. Yeah. Or to go back to the gamification, you get the, the skill. Yeah. That's a I never idea. thought that was going to be a big deal, but they, they yeah. just get so excited about that little pin on their lanyard. Yeah. That, that's a great way to go. I like that. So then what, how is your retention then with some of these younger people? Good. I'm really surprised that our turnover is as low as it is. We do lose some, but it's usually the ones we lose are the ones that we want to lose. Sure. You know? Yeah, mm -hmm. but uh, it was surprisingly, we have a lot of kids that stay a long time with us. We have a lot of college kids that will leave to go home in the mm -hmm. summer. And then when they come back to school here in the fall, they come back and work for us again. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and that's probably nice as far as demand, or do you see much, you, maybe you don't see as much of a dip since bowling is only a small part. We do have a dip in the summertime, but it's nothing like what it used to be. Our summer mm -hmm. business is way better than what it used to be. Yeah. Last summer was unbelievable. We were doing number num coming out of COVID mm -hmm. or at least giving us full occupancy. We were doing numbers in July that we were used to do in December. So oh, wow. last summer was really good. I do yeah. not expect that, but yeah, summers are not any kind of dip like they used to be. That's awesome. Yeah. I think some of it is it, what is it? Chafing of the, the week or some of the people who didn't make it through the pandemic, they still need a place to go. Places closed. They need a place yeah, to go. And we also try to do something coming into the summer that creates excitement. Like this year, we have a ropes course. And this year, we were adding a zip line to the ropes oh, course yeah. at the beginning of the summer That's to cool. try to create a little excitement mm -hmm. prior to us opening up the expansion. So oh, very cool. it gives and us a little boost. Yeah, every bit helps. Do you do any kind of outdoor? Do you have a patio or outdoor seating or anything? No, unfortunately, I have some nasty neighbors around here. So I have oh, trouble really? doing any, out, any outdoor yeah. activities. We tried yeah. it one time, and I just got tired of fighting the neighbors. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's unfortunate, but yeah. yeah, that's one thing I've seen since people want to be outside. It's finally nice. Then they try yeah. to give them what they're looking for, but yeah, I can understand. Yeah. And it sounds like you have plenty of other stuff to do anyway. Yeah. We have a neighborhood right behind us and they just, uh, I've got a couple yeah. neighbors back there to give me a nightmare all the time. Yeah. Not worth it. The next one I want to ask you is the number one piece of advice you'd offer. So you've said 50 years in the space, 21 of them as a proprietor, if someone's either uh, just getting into it or they want to take it to the next level, what would be your, your advice to them? I guess my advice would be to just keep an open mind and listen to your customers. But we talked about the, the next generation coming. Probably the smartest thing that I've done when my son actually worked for the BPAA and mm -hmm. moved back from Texas to, they wanted to come home and start a family. But yeah, that was probably the best thing I did that I, I noticed a lot of other proprietors either didn't do or it took them a longer time to do. I, I was willing to listen and sit back and, mm -hmm. and let him make the changes that he needed to make. It was hard. I kept thinking, no, that's not the way I've done it for the last 30 years, but right. it was hard sometimes to 
let him do those things. But I kept thinking, let him make mistakes and learn from that. But I think so many of the older proprietors bring their kids in, but then don't listen to them. They yeah. just keep doing it the same old way. And I think that you have to be willing to make those changes and stuff. Right. And he would say to me, dad, keep your nose out. Just let me do it and <laughs> prove to you that it'll work. And I right. did. And, and in most of those cases, things worked out. Mm. Other things where he did make mistakes, it was really funny because I would say something to him and he would argue with me. But then a month down the road, he would, yeah, we should do it that way. So yeah. it all worked out. But I, I mm. think that's the, for the older proprietors, bring the young people in, but listen to them. You'll find that they have some great ideas. The, the other part of, the, of my advice would be just keep your eyes and your ears and your mind open to change and what can happen. Yeah, absolutely. So then giving them the reins when they come in, actually having the back and forth and then open mind, you mean going out to Expo or IAPA or talking to other proprietors? Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Those organizations are great. I was, I'm on the FEC committee for the BPAA. I was on the, the, um, marketing and, and planning committee for the IAPA for several years. Okay. Those are all good. You make great contacts. I've met yeah. more people there and get more ideas. I belong to a, a group called the FEC 20, Brian That's Smith right. out of Arlington heads up and great group of proprietors. And you always, every time I talk to those guys or meet with them, you always come out with some great ideas or find out somebody's doing something better than you are. So yeah. yeah, as much uh, networking as you do is always. Yeah, no, absolutely. I like that. If, if you wouldn't mind, I'd love to touch a little bit more on this next generation because that seems to be a huge theme is passing from these second gen to third gen because I think there was some attractive equipment leasing programs in the you know 60s, 50s. We saw a lot of centers and now they're getting passed on to that next generation. I'd love to hear a little bit more about your thoughts on that transition or anything we speak to about that seems to be a big trend. I guess I misunderstood the question there a little bit. Sorry. So the transition from your second generation to the third generation, mm -hmm. I'd love to hear a little bit more about your thoughts on the best way to handle that. You're saying just to give them the reins or do you have anything else as far as specific duties or send your son or daughter to the bowling university? It just seems like a big topic right now. I'd love to get to dive into that a little more. Okay. Yeah, yeah, all those things, going to the bowling university, getting involved in IAPA, getting involved in Bowl Expo, all great things. I was very fortunate because, I, as I mentioned, my son worked for the BPAA right. and actually wrote most of the literature, a lot of the literature for the bowling university. He worked with Kelly Bednar. He, he was on that. He was on the board for the BPAA, so he had a lot of that as a background. He had way more information and ideas than I had, so yeah. he was able to bring so much to the company when he came back here. But yeah, communicating between you and that next generation and working out the ideas. I had another proprietor call me and said he was really upset because his son wanted to bring in ax throwing. He was mm -hmm. convinced that it was a stupid thing. I shouldn't bring in the ax throwing, ax throwing stuff. Mm -hmm. And he, what should, he said, what should I do? You work with your son. I said, make your son do a performa on how he's going to pay for this axe throwing. Yeah. So he did that. And his son did it. And he decided, okay, let him bring it in. It's now one of their popular attractions. Right. And there's a case where he wasn't going to listen to his son. He mm -hmm. did. So I just think that you got to give them the opportunity. And if they make a mistake, it's not, as long as it's not going to cost you the company, let them make a mistake. That's right. how you learn things. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. No, that's great. Uh, that's pretty much all I have for today. I know uh, we're coming up on time. I really appreciate you 
um, taking the time. This has been a great conversation. Hey, I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, if, I, hope, if any, I hope it was something there for people. Absolutely, yeah, a lot of great insights. With the experience you have, it'd, it'd be tough not to pull a few out. But if, is there anywhere you want to send people to learn more or if they want to reach out or have questions or what's the best way to, to reach out? Again, I think get involved in the BPAA. They have so many great programs. And then the IAPA, their, their educational seminars during their expo are wonderful. Yeah. And then their trade show is great too. But both of those organizations, the reason I was involved in both is they're trying to get the two organizations to work more hand in hand. But between the two of them, there's just so much information, so yeah. many great people that you can meet and get ideas from. All you got to do is ask, because that's the one thing I really like about this business is that people are willing to help each other. Just, just so many good people. Yeah, I found that to be very true. I think since there are, there is some competition in towns, but it's not like restaurants where there's three on every corner. So yeah, people tend to be a little more open to sharing. Yeah, that. and if if you have a competition in town, then go to the next town. The next guy will help you out. Yeah, and tell you things what are working for him and stuff. There's yeah. just so many avenues to go down to find things out. So yeah. I like that. That's a great place to stop. I, again, I really appreciate it. And this has been a great conversation. Look forward to maybe connecting in, in the future at one of these events. Okay, Forrest. Good to see you. All right. Thank you. Right. You bet.